0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we are talking about Bloodstained, Ritual of the... Where's Where's my game case? Guys, what is this called? Is this Ritual of the Moon, Circle of the Night, Moonlight, Nocturne?
1: Ritual of the Shite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the subtitle of this game, but rest assured I had played it. Ritual of the Night.
2: A harmony of Decadence.
0: Ritual of the Night. Okay. All right. Castlevania subtitles have really cool names, but they all kind of blend. Anyway, we'll see you on the other side. Listen to some pretty music, and then you can hear us talk about the game. So with me to not stake vampires in a similar way to a certain company's game is
1: Luke. Hi.
0: Wow, that was... Well said. I
1: want Mike. to suck your blood. <laughs> Howdy.
2: Howdy, amigos.
0: Again, very, very castlevania Uh We don't get to hear what Craig had in mind for his little intro, because right now he is currently on the road racing home to try to get home in time. He had some trouble. So, um, and I don't mean, like, gang-related trouble. No, he's masturbating. Uh, he, You may hear him pop in halfway through the episode. But if not, then I have his thoughts that he asked me to read, so we'll get into that. Anyway, who cares about any of that? Luke, give me some stats,
1: dog. Bloodstain Ritual of the Night is a Metroidvania video game developed by Artplay and published by 505 Games. That sentence did not come from Wikipedia. It did. It sounded very natural. (laughs) (laughs) It was released on Mm. the Microsoft Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in June 2019 after a successful Kickstarter campaign.
0: So, does the Switch port count as a release, or did they just kind of find it in a dumpster out back and go, Meh, looks good enough, right?
1: Do you really want to start with that?
0: (laughs) No. No, I don't. Ah. so this is one of those rare episodes where we are we are split. And this one and the next one, actually, uh, we, we're kind of in disagreement on what we think of the game. And we'll get into why in a bit. First thing I want to touch on, guys, is the development history of this, because it's been like 40 years, five years. Since the Kickstarter went out um, Nobody here backed the Kickstarter, right?
2: In spirit, if you downloaded a torrent of the alpha demo Then <laughs> you backed it spiritually, yeah
0: Yeah, that's yes, it? No And in spirit, Blackbeard supported the crown
1: I bought the other Bloodstained game and, and really liked it
0: Yeah. Oh, the the kind of 8-bit mock-up?
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was a really, really cool game And was looking very forward to this one after playing through that
0: yeah, I, I really like that little indie game. Um, So, Mike is going to hit us with some of the high notes of the development, and then I'd like to talk about it a little bit, because there are some things that I, I think you can point to in the game and be like, oh, this might be why. So, Mike, hit us up.
2: Yeah, so um, this is a game from uh, Koji Igarashi, who had been involved with the Castlevania series for a good, good while, probably about... 10 15 years something like yeah. that. Um and yeah yeah when he finished up with Konami seeing that they were sort of drying up on their their releases of Castlevania in fact they they'd handed off some Castlevania games to Spanish company which which mercury is my memory for the second mercury steam that's the one that's the one and i mean even even Kojima's name had been attached to the game for a short what while especially just in promoting and stuff but you know, it didn't seem like much was going to happen. So, of course, he he started this mega successful Kickstarter, which they were actually expecting about half a million from, but they came back with five and a half. And of course, you know the rest is a long history, <laughs> <laughs> which I'll continue with. So, yeah, um, funnily enough, one of the things that he he noticed was was Mighty Number no. Nine's Kickstarter. Now, that's not something you should notice. So, I'm sure he learned from that mistake. But you know. Um uh, Mighty Number no. Nine was quite successful as well. I remember right at the early stages, it's just the actual game didn't really seem to fall. Oh yeah, you know, no, like no, yeah, Mighty Number Nine.
0: It, uh that burnt a lot of people. Me included uh burnt a lot of people.
2: <laughs> mm. But yeah, yeah, they um part of the Kickstarter was of, of course, uh Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which was developed by Inti Creates. But um, you know, Igrashi continued on to make ritual of the night, which was originally scheduled for like the, uh, the Vita and the Wii U as well. Um, both either canceled or switched over to other platforms in this case, the switch. So to answer your question earlier, maybe you play in the Wii U version there, but <laughs> you know, so to continue on with that, uh, they took quite a while making the game. Um, it's rumored that Inti Creates were involved quite heavily in a lot of the early development of the game although I haven't got any real sources that back up on this although it has been sort of going around the news recently although close to the end of development they did pull in way forward to help polish up according to some sources um and they also managed to pull back quite a few of the uh the key people involved with you know, Symphony of the Night, which I guess is the most famous of the um Igarashi kind of Castlevania area. So, um, names like Mitru Yumane reappear, um, and yeah, they even get some Game Sack in there for an odd, odd yeah, nod. Yeah, there's a but, lot of uh, um,
0: YouTube channels and and video game personalities that kind of have secret <laughs> items and things like that in the game.
2: I mean, there's voice actors from Symphony of the Night as well, but I mean, we'll go into those later. But you know, um, I think to finish off, really, it's probably just worth saying that it did finally come out just this year in 2019, and it's you know it's been planned to be released I think for the last couple of years now. So to see that it's finally made it is a miracle, and you know, we'll we'll voice our our opinions on the game but uh the fact that it's even arrived is is quite a miracle. So yeah.
0: Um out of curiosity. Thank you Mike by the way. But uh out of curiosity either of you guys play the Inti Creates Mighty Number no. 9?
1: No, not me. I have.
0: Did um
2: I've played played about two two stages maybe.
0: Oh, so you're almost on the game. <laughs> um <laughs> did did you have any Doubts going into it, knowing that they did the Mighty Number
2: no. Nine debacle. Uh, not really, because I think they've also been involved in stuff like Blaster Master Zero on the on the Switch, which is one of the few games that uses the um, like the Rumble HD quite well. And, you know, they are quite a proficient company. In fact, Inti Creates themselves are they not a branch off of Cap?
0: I I think there's some ex Capcom employees there's working there stage. because yeah they did um they did stuff like yeah. the, the Mega Man ZX series they did Mega Man Nine like they have a pretty good pedigree going into it.
2: Mm, mm. So I mean, I mean, you know, everyone's like, I mean, platinum platinum games themselves, you know, they they drop the occasional rubbish anime game and things like that. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, is it Cora?
0: Oh, yeah, it's, The Legend of Korra. Name, I've also heard Transformers like that. Devastation yeah, yeah. isn't so hot, but I haven't played
1: it myself. It's not terrible.
2: It's not. T- I mean, Turtles as well. Oh, to, yeah. Don't forget about Turtles. Um, it's not for sale anymore, but it did exist.
0: <laughs> 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 I guess what made me really nervous you know. was this is very parallel to the Mighty Number no. 9 thing. It's a Kickstarter game that was wildly successful, that they had to get more help along the way. They couldn't. Work with just the resources that you know the Kickstarter gave them um which which I don't think is a bad mm-hmm. thing I think if anything, this whole like Kickstarter wave has shown normal people like you know me you that not in the industry how tough it can be to actually finish a game because
1: yeah. we don't get yeah. to
0: hear when a creator or a developer goes to a publisher and says eh, we need more money and You know, as consumers, we look at the publishers and go, well, just give them more money. This game is amazing.
2: I think it might be a a key point to mention here, though, in in terms of development, that this is a game that also got quite a lot of video diaries and things like that, a lot of updates to the, the backers. And anyone could access these, and they were quite good. You know, I was quite frequently checking in on the game, seeing how it was doing. Um, I, as I said, I was lucky enough to get a quick quick go at the the alpha demo, but but even then, just seeing the videos and the updates coming in every so often, and and you know, quite quite heartfelt. I think it's it's a campaign that sort of did did it justice. The whole process, yeah. Way.
0: Like uh, I remember um, Mighty Number no. Nine Kickstarter going dark quite a few times. Of like, we don't know what's going on with it, it we, and um, I remember seeing a lot of those developer diaries coming out, and I didn't watch them because I kind of wanted to go in. You know, and just have it be a new game. So I went as soon as somebody said, you know, hey, there's a new Igarashi Metroidvania coming out. I was like, okay, I I don't need to know anymore. I'll pick it up at launch, and I just kind of went black on it for a (laughs) long time. Luke, did all of this go over your head? Like, did you not care at all?
1: Um, yeah. So it's maybe worth saying that I've not really spent a lot of time with the Castlevania games, bar I think we tried to record one episode. Uh, and yeah, that, was bloodlines. That, yeah that failed so um, I haven't got a huge amount of I don't dislike the games I just don't have a lot of nostalgia for them so uh, I don't think I've played Symphony mm. of the Night and uh, missed the episode when you guys did it obviously so yeah the, all the Kickstarter stuff just kind of went over my head just another Kickstarter um, but as I say the, the first Bloodstained game did really whet my appetite for for picking this up uh, at launch,
0: out, out of curiosity, yeah. uh,
2: that blows my mind. Uh, just just to know that you know, I I think I think things like Konami games are kind of part of you know, through, through and through. I'm a Capcom man. Don't get me wrong, but I think things like the Konami games are usually sort of like a you know, part of my DNA and why I enjoyed the hobby and stuff. It's it's, it's it it's is odd, really. Like,
1: like, I I, I was thinking about this when I was driving today. I had quite a long journey and. Um, you know I was I I caught up with a lot of my friends from school over the weekend and you know we we were all quite big gamers when we were younger only maybe two of us still game I think but Castlevania I don't remember any of us mentioning it and um apart from one guy he he probably played it but um you know I was the oldest child of my family and you know it it probably came out at an age where if I didn't know about it you know, I wasn't going to hear about it from my younger brothers. I wasn't, I didn't hear about it from friends, and I probably missed it. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I've managed to miss that series completely. It is a bit odd.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. mean, um, yeah, I remember the days where you didn't know a game was coming until you saw it on a store shelf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that 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 day is long gone.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, so with Kickstarter in general, guys, um. Have you played any other Kickstarter games or is this your first foray into Kickstarter games?
2: Um, you know, funnily, funnily enough, um, the most hyped game I really wanted to see, which wasn't part of Kickstarter, but it was a close enough story, was the, um, the final Zero Escape game, which was, you know, it wasn't set to ever be released and it kind of got a huge petition behind it and all sorts of things. I think it's called project project bluebird or something like that and then finally finally he did you know get the permission to make a make a a finale to that trilogy that that you know it didn't turn out perfect but that was something i was super super invested in i you know i was sharing the things on my facebook page and stuff and i still still follow the guy on twitter funnily enough Uh, but yeah yeah (laughs) um that you know that that was my closest experience to that i've never actually pledged towards any kickstarters but if i ever did it would or should have been this one i think
0: yeah i have yeah. a little bit of uh regret not kickstarting it sorry luke
1: no no it, um i was gonna say i i haven't spent a huge amount of time looking at kickstarter It just never really appealed to me like no i
0: meant just have you played any games that were a result of a kickstarter campaign
1: broken age is a kickstarter isn't
0: it? Yeah, Broken Age, uh Darkest Dungeon, yeah. Pillars of Eternity. There has been a bunch at this point.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say actually, I can't think of many Kickstarter games I've played, but I've played Darkest Dungeon, really really liked that and um Pillars of Eternity. I uh, started that and then I think Divinity got in the way. I forgot to go back to it, but um it's just a it's just a concept I'm a bit I'm not that comfortable with to be honest it's there was a lot of like bad press for kickstarter when it first started out as well so um yeah. i think what what's in the
2: box peter molyneux what's <laughs> in the, what's in the goddamn box? give me that curiosity
1: <laughs> i bet you did
0: <laughs> um i've never kick started a game personally but i, I kind of make it a point to like the big ones that come out i'll like oh i'll take a look at it because it's kind of where the indie scene is if you want, you know, really polished indie games. Um, almost every interaction I've had with a Kickstarter game has been good. Like you said, Dark's Dungeon, Pillars of Eternity, those are pretty good games. Pillars of Eternity is... Eh, it's flat-out bad when you compare it to Divinity, but on its own, for what it is, it's pretty good. And um, Mighty Number no. 9 is really the only one that burned me. So, for me, this wasn't really... Um, Something I had thought about it. Like, I mean, I didn't pledge towards, like, Shenmue 3. I, I don't... Most things I hear about their Kickstarters long after they've hit that point where, oh, it's going to be made. You know? I'm not up on that scene.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I get that. I think, yeah.
0: Anywho, we should probably talk about the game we're here to talk about. Um, <clears throat> Since this is going to be a one-episode jobby, Uh, We would kind of uh, section off more time for the story. And uh, don't worry about spoilers. We're we're not going to spoil anything. Only because... uh, I I guess this can be a talking point, but without the lore that the Castlevania series has... Well, a story like Castlevania just looks stupid. Did A flat-out question. um, Did you guys pay attention to the story at all?
2: Mm, I think, having played the... um... You know the other game, yeah. The uh, Blisdain Curse, Curse of the Moon. That's the name, isn't yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think having played that, I had a bit more famili- familiarity, sort of, just through which characters I'd used there. It wasn't so so deep, but uh, I really didn't have a bloody clue what was happening most <laughs> of time in here. I think I heard something about ten years. I heard something about sleep. I heard something about this person still remembers. And I was thinking, well, I remember I played that a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't even remember there being too, too hot a story. All I remember was some pretty cool set pieces towards the end of the end um, of the game, which admittedly, I think they've said, isn't even technically canon. So, um, I'm curious
0: as to what parts, but we'll, bird. we'll uh, put that on hold for a bit. Luke, what about you? Like story.
1: I'm glad Mike said that because I always thought that the story of the Castlevania games was like a draw, uh, and yeah, I didn't didn't find anything interesting, and then just kind of shut off and just focused on the gameplay. To be honest, um, something about someone falling asleep and a, an evil twin in some train and castle and yeah, emo hair and I, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, um, wasn't did it didn't draw me in. Is basically what I'm saying. Did you, did you get invested in it?
0: Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, so so at first I played, I paid attention to it, because, you know, you, you played Curse of the Moon, and you're like, oh, okay, I know those characters, you know, I know Zangetsu, I know Gebel, or whatever his name was, little magician guy. The, I was keeping my eye open for those guys, and other than Zangetsu, I didn't recognize... Oh, oh, wait—that's the guy from from that. Ca- oh, okay. And even then, when I did, and I went back and I restarted it because I played through this twice. Um, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like like to be fair, the story mm. is there, and it's about shard bring bind bringer binders. Shard, sorry, stroke. Hold on. <clears throat> I
2: thought you we were going to say shaft. Then it was
0: about shaft bringers. <laughs> um. Now, it was about shard binders, and there's an evil castle with a guy that you used to be friends with, and he's been taken over, and uh, there's really not much going on. There's a betrayal involved, and I won't spoil that, but it won't matter very much to you at Mm. all uh, when you play it. it. It feels very old school in the fact of, look, the story is kind of secondary, and the gameplay is what matters. And the only thing I I saw that kind of really bucked up against that idea was why all the voice acting? Like, there's a lot of voice acting in this. And they got some pretty cool voice actors. Mm. Like, they got the original Alucard to play a character and David Hayter is in this. And, you know, there are a couple other big voice guys. But
2: I have a real feeling this because me and you, Dove, are the bastions of a civilization that believed that *The Symphony of the Night* um, voice acting was excellent. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> They are definitely sating our appetite by by putting so many words out there. Some of them not so great, but you know, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think they just took a, a hell of a lot of cues from *Symphony of the Night* when when coming to this project. So, or project even. Well, so, I, um, I mean. That's my that's my <clears throat> theory.
0: But now, you were, probably should cut this out. But I, I think that Bloodstained might have more voice acting than Nino Cooney too.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: Because there was a lot of, there was a lot of spoken dialogue, and I, I guess that's kind of expected in this day and age. But I kind of think it went to waste. Now, this is of course you know just our opinion. If you really enjoyed the story, that's great. You know, knock it out of the park. I guess. It's just, for me, it didn't hit at all. It felt very stock standard. Look, we're trying to mirror Castlevania here. Let's get as close as we legally can without, you know, going into actionable territory. So, yeah, we're not going to talk much about the story here because it didn't really impact any of us. So don't worry about spoilers if that's the case. Um, Let's talk mechanics, guys. Because I think this is... Mm. Well, should we talk mechanics or should we talk the trouble of the switch port?
2: Um I think I think that's gonna help because you know, to be honest, I'm sitting here thinking I know exactly what I've got got to say. But I'm the the elephant in the room is that switch port which is gonna colour over other opinions and I wanna know whether that's
0: impacted. Yeah. All right, it, um Luke you're the, Luke yeah. and Craig uh played it on the switch. So Luke, take it away.
1: Yeah, okay. So um Right, so taking note that I have no reference or nostalgia for Symphony of the Night, and going into this, I wasn't sure what to expect. I've played other Metro-vanias. I've played Hollow Knight, I actually really liked some of the Metroid games I've played, and um, so I'm not against the, the format. But going into this game, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Is this going to be a PlayStation, a, a, a modern Castlevania that has taken a huge notes from symphony of the night and has upgraded it or is it just gonna kind of try and remake it um and to to be honest it feels like it's like a playstation one game with updated graphics um but yeah i played it on the switch and it it's just abysmal it's so so bad um to begin with it looks terrible it, it honestly it looks shocking like um, I just read the GameSpot review actually just to make sure that it wasn't just me. And I think they summarised it pretty well in saying that it just looks lackluster. Like all the all the definition that's been added in the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox and the PC version is just missing um the 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 like the the graphical choice where it's almost like a it's kinda got that Street Fighter four or five thing going where like the edges have got like a bit of a... It's, it's, it's almost like paint. It just doesn't come... Oh, like
0: a, that bold outline?
1: Yeah, it doesn't come across on the Switch. It just looks really jagged. Um, and the frame rate... You, I mean, sometimes I think it was in single figures. It was just unplayable at parts. Um, so it really made it difficult to enjoy this game. And... <laughs> I'm glad to hear it wasn't just me. It sounds like I, I don't know what Craig's thoughts were, so it sounds like he had similar problems. But um, yeah, well, I,
0: Craig, I, Craig went and played it on the PC afterwards, and I think that's what he's mainly basing his thoughts on.
1: Right. Okay. Um, so another problem with the Switch port is there's a huge amount of input lag. And when I first started playing the game, I thought I was just being really bad at it. But after watching a couple of YouTube videos, no, it, there is a huge problem. So it forced me to have to play the game in a way that I probably wouldn't have. Um, when I played Hollow Knight, you know, I was quite in the face of the monsters, dodge back and almost like a Dark Souls roll out of the way. Um, but because of the input lag, I felt like I couldn't do that. I was taking so much damage. Eventually, I found a ranged weapon, which allowed me to like almost compensate for the problems that I was having with, with that normal type of combat but it made it difficult to get into the depth of the game there's obviously a lot to the the mechanics there's so many different types of weapons with each with different animations and um you can attach them to shortcuts so you can have different loadouts that you can jump out between quite quickly but all of that was kind of lost because i was forced or i felt forced to use two or three different weapons to to actually progress um and it it just bits as i got i didn't even finish it i think i got 3 quarters of the way through and there was one boss fight that i felt like i couldn't beat just because of the i did beat him eventually but um it, it's just i don't understand and i personally have a huge problem playing games that are broken like i i they shouldn't have released it
0: yeah, I, I've, I've been hearing rumors, like Mike said earlier, where they just kind of tried to repurpose the Wii U port, because it was supposed to come out on that. I, I, don't, I don't know if the Wii U could have handled it, to be honest, not with the new graphics engine that they slapped on it, but I'm wondering if that's where a lot of the trouble comes from, is that last minute, we have to update the graphics, let's do that in a couple months really quick. Um, I, I haven't played...
2: It might be, there, the The Vita version. It
1: could, well... It could, it could. The Vita version I mean, we'll yeah, I,
0: I know diddly dick about game development, but... um, Out of curiosity, you tried it docked and undocked, right?
1: Yeah, so, um, docked was a little bit better in terms of performance, um... However, obviously blown up on a big screen, it made it really, really obvious that the visual downfalls... Uh, still didn't resolve the input lag if i played it undocked it would crash regularly and with the save points being manually i think one time i lost 20 minutes of gameplay and i I ended up putting it down in a rage um but the frame rate was a little bit better on undocked so um, yeah and the sound sounded a bit distorted as well that just not not an ideal port and I mean, it's a shame people bash the Switch, but other developers have managed to get more, uh, far more intensive games on their console. On that console, this doesn't seem like it's that intensive. Yeah, if you if you can get No, Dragon I'm wondering Quest, if it is a coding thing. If
2: Dragon Quest Eleven can run and look pretty damn good on the thing, which I just tried the other day. Well, it? <laughs> you know?
0: it, it's a it's a it's a bastardized version of Eleven, isn't it?
2: Oh no, I thought it looked quite nice, to be honest. I, no, um, I meant like it. like
0: it, it is. It it's not this same. It's kind of like um, it's a cut down version. I thought.
2: No, no, it's the full full thing plus some parts of the three DS really? version as well because the three DS version had like a two D bottom screen thing, and they've moved that over as an extra game mode. And it's yeah. also got the symphonic soundtrack.
0: That's 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 an upgrade for sure. Um... <laughs>
2: But, but yeah, sorry, maybe I sorry, sorry. Just
0: buy that and play it on the side just for the music <laughs> while I'm playing it on the PlayStation. Um, yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to get distracted. Um <laughs> So, Mike, we both played it on PlayStation 4. Pro, yeah.
2: We played it on the Pro.
0: Yep. Um I ran into a little bit of trouble. Did you run into anything?
2: I ran into only a few sort of things which I knew how, how to recreate them. So it was like I knew what the problems were in most cases. It wasn't like, I, you know, I'd just be thrown into something which would be a, a pain. But look, Just little things like, uh, you know, phys- physics problems, where maybe you kill an enemy and little bits stick oh, around yep. when they, you know they should have cleared up. Um, little things like if you go into this door after going through a pretty wide area, if you go into like a save room, you might expect like a little mini load and then you will be able to recreate that every single time for that specific save room, but maybe not in another area, things like that. Um, I think I had one or two. In fact, I only had the one hard crash, if I remember right.
0: Oh, see. I didn't have any hard crashes.
2: Uh, no, I don't, I don't know why it is, but the PS4 seems to throw a lot of hard crashes my way. And I treat it well, so I don't know what's happening, but I just get a little bar. Do you want to send your thing? And I no, I'm all right. I don't want to send it. I mean, mean, you could try rebuilding your database,
0: see if that helps any, but, (laughs) um, the problem, no, 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 it's not that drastic. The problems I ran into were more, uh, I think it's just the game itself. Uh, like, do you guys remember the, um, oh, spoilers for bosses. I should say that we will be talking about bosses. And Mm -hmm. if you want to go in fresh, maybe not, not listen to this, um, you know, the boss that uses the poker chips and the money and whatnot. Yep. That, uh, my strategy was to invert and then just attack his head. So it he can hit me with mm-hmm. everything. Uh, if you invert the spikes, in that boss fight, the frame rate just tanks. Like I, I want to say no. it was down to maybe 15. It was, it was enough to where it was really noticeable, especially when he pulled out the giant hunk of, uh, poker chips. Huh. And
2: oh I, no, I, I have seen that. I did notice. Like it's it's crazy. I, d- I don't even know what that happens. But to to be brutally honest, I know we're talking relatively simplistic polygons for these coins, but there is a hell of a lot of coins. There there
0: there is there is a hell of a lot. But yeah, it, it it's just weird that it, it's that one boss fight that I really noticed. Like uh, boss fights, like the carpenter where there's a lot going on i mean the guys mm. summoning in like you know 2 3 big enemies at a time and their particle effects going everywhere yeah. that ran fine it was just that one boss so well, they
2: they are all the same enemy it's like that purple demon thing yeah, or yeah. something isn't it that flies around above them
0: yeah the archlord or archdemon i think or lord demon or something like that but and it was only mm. if i inverted that it did it so i'm wondering if there was something going on with the way that works uh twice I had it to where it would not receive any inputs at all. Um, and And by that, I mean the PlayStation, period. It just locked. And the game was still moving. Enemies were still hitting me. The controller was still on, just would not accept any inputs. Not even like your PlayStation button input. And at first, I thought, oh, maybe my joystick is going. And so I switched joysticks to a new joystick. And it did the same thing probably 15 hours later.
2: This is probably a, a an ins- it's probably worth pointing out that me and you, Dave, pretty much picked this game up the millisecond it was available.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And you started on, I think, version one hundred one. I watched you through SharePlay and thought, "Oh, this is absolutely amazing." Why has it come out in America a few days earlier and things like that? And then when my copy arrived, I think I started it but then deleted my save because patch 1.02 came out literally like 2 hours after I'd I'd got my copy. So I then put the patch on and started fresh with that, you know, from there. And there were a lot of warnings saying that if you started with 101, you'd have like open chests and all sorts of weird yeah. little glitches could could occur in the game.
0: Um I what I did that uh when I first bought it, I did the first save file, ran through the game until I got to one of the bad endings and went, okay, I know we're going to do this for the podcast. I'm going to put it down. And so I put it down until just a couple of days ago, and then I started up a fresh save file and ripped through that. So I I played it basically once on release and then once a couple of days ago. So whatever the newest version is as the time of recording, that's what I played through.
2: It is, And strangely enough, I think that's still the exact same patch because development update. They haven't been really too great with keeping up to date on these because they put the Switch as the lead platform for sort of doing their updates, so everything's kind of delayed on the other platforms until they fully fix yeah, the Switch. Yeah, they're wanted. getting a lot of hate
1: Switch. on Twitter. Like, I because they promised all mm. these updates, and I, I think it has something to do with the way the the Switch does its or Nintendo do their patching cycle where they it either costs them money or it takes an absolute age so they just, they chose to hold back a patch and release a bigger one and like
0: I'm wondering if it's like the Xbox thing on 360 where you had to pay for every single
1: patch yeah, maybe. that you wanted to send out um, but like every post that the 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 game's Twitter account is released is just people like what is happening with the Switch port is unplayable um, my game crashes like I paid money for this why am I having to deal with this and it it seems to be a good bit of outrage, uh, and rightly so.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the weird thing, right?
2: So, uh, as an odd point, the the PC is actually on one hundred four, I, th- I think, for some weird reason. Okay, but uh, everything else is still still roll back to what it was when pretty much the first week of it came um, out.
0: Like like here's the weird thing: when I was talking to both Luke and Craig, is again I I had minimal problems with the game. And um, being completely transparent, I I really liked this game. It was a lot of fun. And so personally, I would give it, like, if we did this kind of thing, I would give it a good score. But there's one whole platform that it's kind of busted on. So do you call it a failure at that point or, or
1: not? Yeah, it, it, it's difficult to gauge. Um, it's... <laughs> For me, I really wish I hadn't played the Switch version because it's, it's completely tarnished my experience and I, at the moment I have absolutely no desire to go back to it. In fact, I, whilst I was playing it, I just wanted to play Hollow Knight because I knew, I know how how good the controls feel on that. I'm sorry, how sir. How dare <laughs> you,
0: sir? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, it, so if you are playing it on the Switch, uh, I'm sorry, that I, I personally can't really take that into account on my personal opinion of what I think of this game because I didn't experience it. Second of all, shame on you for buying it on a really crappy system.
2: Mm. And that guy in Germany who played it months before it came out and mentioned these things, you should have listened to,
0: yeah, that's, listened to that's him. Yeah, that's a shame, a right? <laughs> well, I mean, I would imagine if you, I believe if you kickstarted it on the Wii U, It got bumped to a Switch version, so you didn't have much choice, but Mm -hmm. you're getting a Switch. Yeah, I I guess when it comes to multi-platform games, I will never choose to play it on the Switch. It's just underpowered. Anyway, we're not talking about system preferences right now. Let's actually talk about the game. So, um... It's very, very Symphony of the Night. Uh, The way your character handles feels very Symphony of the Night. The way you attack, the weapons, the enemies, everything feels slightly different enough to not be sued. But you can tell exactly what they're pulling from. Like, we don't have bone cannons right now. We kind of have fleshy cannons. So it's not quite the same as the dragonhead pillars, but uh, you know it in terms of gameplay it it affects you exactly the same as the iconic castlevania enemies. I didn't run into any bloody bones though that I could think of hmm no enemies that you no, I don't think I did. killed and came back so there's there's one at least um let's split this up so it's not just me rambling on um Mike you want to give a a quick 101 on how the weapons work and how it might be different from Symphony of the Night
1: um <laughs> no
2: <laughs> no <laughs> no don't <laughs> um let me think let me think so uh, yeah you got you got a fa- fairly decent decent range of weapons in the game and shit me i can't even remember what weapon i was using for the majority of the day i basically i'm always the the person who picks up the weapon which has the highest stats and then goes right let's use that then and that's pretty much although there are systems in this game which i didn't really even get get to grips with for example an early message i got from dave when playing was something about oh no i'm going to use this weapon i want to get its affinity up and all these sort of things and i thought I think I got to the end of the game and I thought, I don't, I don't even remember trying to raise affinity of weapons or anything like that. And it turns out, I think you have to do certain types of moves to do that.
0: Yeah, if you remember the uh, secret techniques from Symphony of the Night, like, you know, your Hellfire, your, uh, what was it, what was it called? When you sucked up all the blood? Dark Metamorphosis. When you did Dark Metamorphosis, you know, you would have to do a half, a half a circle and then, you know, do a fireball motion and you'll have certain attacks come out. Um, there is one of those, sometimes two or three, for every weapon class in the game. Now, there are bookshelves uh, around the map where you can read a book and it might be the one, you know, that will tell you how to do it for, say, a spear. But you can also just fiddle yeah. with the controller and if you get it to come out, then it gets put into your Technique's. Um, you can level up techniques mm-hmm. until you master them, and they become stronger.
2: And the book you pick up will never be about the the type of weapon you're actually using. So
0: yeah, for very me, rarely say, does well, that, that happen.
2: I, I've definitely ticked a box there in reading that book. But,
0: but. now there there <laughs> there is it kind of expands on a lot of that. Uh, a lot of what you would have hmm. as spells in Symphony of the Night are now in shards, and we'll talk about shards in a minute. But um the way some of these techniques work really changed the way you interact with the game. Like, I, I played with a lot of spear, and I played with a lot of uh, katanas. Oh,
2: okay.
0: And um the one yeah. special, it, you know, you double tap forward and you hit your attack button, and you go into a counter stance. And if you get hit, you don't take any damage, but you do a massive counter. I think it's 2.5 damage. So it, it stopped okay. becoming a stick-and-move kind of game and started becoming a... A parry timing game for me when I had that weapon.
2: Well, this is all over my head because I saw none of this sort of stuff at all. I just stuck with whatever weapon would give me that tried and tested sort of Simply the Night thing of, well, you know how oh, in Monster Hunter I always choose sword and shield because I always say to everyone, oh, but you can jump off this side and do this move and you'll have all the flexibility and mobility that you need. And again, it's the case with Simply the Night that I, I always wanted that flexibility to have just enough enough power, but always feel like I was fully in control. You know, if it's a heavy weapon, I don't want to be rooted to the spot. I, uh, I like to have great something like, fell, which but... I can... Sorry. And, and, you know, it does throw all those extra things in, like, the whole... If you hit it, if you hit an angle to a crouching hit, it, the, the cancel system is... Pretty much the same, it just feels a bit different when you first start the game.
0: Yeah, you can do that. So if you, you can like sort of still pull off Slash that. during the air and then hit slash the moment your feet touch the ground, you almost get a two for one. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay, that's cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you can sort of. Uh, in fact, I, I basically found a pattern that sort of worked for me, and it feel like you know, you had the flexibility to get out of there if you needed to, but most of the time you could get in and do a, a hell of a lot of damage. And yeah, yeah, that's that's mostly what I employed. I'd say it's relatively a bit bit cheesy or cheap, but um, that's just how I play.
0: Interestingly, some of the techniques you have can also add to your mobility. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever used the kung fu shoes or you know the the foot based weapons in this.
1: No, not me. No, no.
2: All right, so no.
0: the technique for that is um, if you know Street Fighter, it's like Fei Long's Rekka
2: Okay. Or, yeah. you know
0: you do the triple, triple uh. Fireball motion that takes you from like one end of the screen to the other. So, if you're good with it, mm-hmm. you can get to places you could only get to with the double jump before you actually get the double jump.
2: And oh, is that a mid-air yeah, thing you as can, well? Yeah, you can or do or it in mid-air and it? just
0: travel across the screen. Oh,
2: wow!
0: Yeah, so so the techniques nice. I think are far superior to Symphony because in Symphony I didn't really feel the need to do those. It was cool. It's like, oh, I'm going to you know fight a bloody zombie. I might as well put on dark metamorphosis and gain a little bit of health. But yep. uh, here I, I mm. felt they were worth using. Sorry.
1: I, de- I definitely get the feeling that the, the game is designed um, for multiple playthroughs and uh, multiple styles of play. Like, you, as you say, going to bootcases and finding different moves. It definitely encourages you to go like if I'd been able to use some of the weapons you you'd go to a book and it would tell you a special move and then I'd go and equip that weapon and see what that moveset I really like that concept of you're not getting everything straight away and you're not gonna I mean you can choose to do however you want but the game is also kind of saying hey hang on a minute you're really good at this weapon but maybe this option will open up a different thing and that's that's completely there for the player to choose if they want to do. Um I personally used the sword that came like you threw it like a boomerang. Um so it Okay. Yeah, it would get two hits if you were lucky, one on the way there and one on the way back, but it also tracked. So if you if you threw it while you were in the air, it would start in the air and it would come back and land on the ground, which was quite useful if you had different enemies on different levels. Um, and for my specials, I used mm. the, uh, I think it was called True Arrow. So you threw, like, four arrows oh, yeah. at once. Uh, it, it was quite powerful, actually. And then uh, I used the Tentacle Special as well, where you, like, did, like, a huge hex symbol. And the whole screen's filled up by this massive tentacle that just whips everything on the screen. Um yeah, that seemed to be quite effective, to be honest. I didn't struggle with any of the bosses after I... Or any of the enemies after I I unlocked all those skills.
0: Now, see, that that's weird. Like, I'm kind of the opposite. Once... And I'm not saying this to get a dig in at you, Luke. Um, it, and once I got past a certain point, I started having a lot more trouble with regular enemies than I did bosses. Like, bosses went down pretty easy. Except yeah. for one or two notable but, uh yeah, trying to get through some rooms sometimes would have me almost be dead by the end of it. That I, may be due to my nature just run up and bash things in the yeah, face. But
1: to be fair, I think when I was playing the game, like, before I unlocked this range skill set that I, I was forced to use, I wouldn't have normally played like that. I probably would have played similar to yourself. I was struggling with some of those rooms, and it made you think about the game a little bit more, but... Um, th- my, my method was almost like a cheese it, right? I, I can't actually play it because of input lag. So I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll find a way around it.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, another thing that I think this has a bit of a leg up on symphony is the weapon variety feels different. Um, in symphony of the night, if you had a combat dagger and a jeweled knuckle, it didn't really feel that different. It was uh, still, you know, a small fast attack. And then you would have your mid range and then your really long weapons. Uh, this breaks it down a little bit more than that. Like the staff, if you're using a staff or a spear, it, it doesn't quite feel the same way as it does. If you're playing with a great sword or the shoes or a whip, a whip, whips are weird in this, which is strange considering where it's coming from. <sighs> but, um, yeah. The one that took me most by surprise is the gun weapon. And I thought the the idea of the ammo works really well in theory, but I didn't find much use for it. Did any of you guys fiddle with the guns at all?
1: I did try it. um, Not didn't really have a huge amount of success with it, to be honest. I, it just wasn't interesting. And as you say, the ammo thing kind of took away from it, I thought.
0: Now, uh, from what I after I, I finished the game, I went and said, "Okay, you know this is an Igarashi game. there's gonna be a way to break it, and evidently the guns are the way to absolutely <laughs> steamroll this game and break it. So it uh. shows you how much I know. yeah, uh people are, are talking about how you can just if you level a certain thing and you make a certain gun, you can just rip through things so i uh, I'm very curious to give this a third shot where I tried just a guns uh, playthrough. So, another thing that this does a little, actually quite differently than Symphony of the Night is the shard system. And I like this and I hate it at the same time. So, the shard system is very, very similar to... Mike, you might have to help me here. What's the Castlevania game with Shanoa?
2: Mm, Wikipedia is your friend.
0: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> uh, there is a Castlevania game that I'm not too sure of which one it is, because all the handhelds kind of blend together. But it's the was it Aria of Sorrow, where you collected the souls of enemies and the souls of enemies would give you access to special moves? Like you kill a skeleton, you'll get bone throw, things like that. One of those games.
2: So, uh they're game by Advance Ones, I th- Is I th- it the one that's set in the future? Y-
0: yeah, I think it might be the one with Soma, actually, not Shinoa. So I think it's Aria of Sorrow, I think. Anyway... So it has a system very close to that. Every time you kill an enemy, uh, with your luck stat depending and the drop rate depending, the enemies will drop a shard. Sometimes they are what they call directional shards. Sometimes they're summon shards. But each of these shards either will boost a passive, grant you a new ability, or even give you a traversal option. Now, I went through and every enemy that I ran into, the first time I ran into them, I just farmed them for the shards. Did you guys do that at all? (laughs)
2: Oh, not that crazy. Although I did, when I shared played with you, I did watch you sort of go back and forward going, this rat's got to do something. This rat's <laughs> got to do something. And I'm sure you kept beating it and going, where's it's shard? I want to get the shard of this thing just to see what it is. And I, I nope, ended up... I wasn't that crazy. Although I did try and get multiples of the same one just to see where that sort of system yeah, went. Yeah,
0: that does power them up a little bit. Uh, I ended with a, I think it was 92% shard completion. <laughs> so I didn't quite get everything because some of the bosses actually um there's something you can do later on in the game where you can go back and fight bosses and some of the bosses don't automatically drop it so you've got to farm a boss to get it shard and that's something that I'll either do over time or just wait till I, I do a third playthrough. But Luke, uh how did you approach the shard system while you're playing on a slide projector?
1: <laughs> um yeah the only one I farmed was the true arrow just so I could level up uh I did try playing around with some of them i really liked the there was one there was one enemy that had like a drill sword and he would like thrust at you and then it would sit in a drill animation that that was quite cool uh I like that one but yeah as I say when I once I got the true arrow it just it just clicked with the circumstances I didn't really play around with many others um to be fair to the game, I don't know about you guys, but I found I, I became overpowered quite quickly in, maybe again, because the way I was playing, but like, you have so much health, and like, your mana, um, there's so much different mana restore points, you can smash lanterns on just about every screen, so a couple, couple screens of going back and forth, you can get your mana up pretty quickly, and then just just run through it again um i didn't find it all that difficult i was playing on the normal difficulty
0: um i didn't either until again until a certain break point in the game and then things just started getting ridiculously difficult for me and again that may be down to the way that i was playing it but i ran into a lot of trouble towards uh mike um i guess you would know after the moon after you break the moon it, it really ratchets up the difficulty, it, it, almost to the point where it's like, well, we hope you've been trying to break this game because you might need it <laughs> kind of difficulty. Because um, I had taken the curtain back a little bit. I was, I think I was talking to Craig, or maybe it was Mike or Luke. It was one of you guys that I was saying, I think this game is too easy. But with that break point at like the three-fourths of the way through, I kind of changed my opinion on that. I think the first thirds. The first three-fourths of the game feels very much like a nice training ground of, here's a bunch of toys, find optimal ways to use them, or how you like to use them, and then there will be a final test after you hit that last quarter of the game.
2: And it does kind of say, make sure you level these up to max, (laughs) because you'll want to... You'll want to use them. I mean, for me, it was a welcome company, something like that. Oh, the portrait one. A group of portraits, which spin around around you. Yeah, I I was using that as much as I could because getting close to the end, you're absolutely, you know, you're going to get battered, whether it's like uh, large versions of existing enemies you've seen before in that section, I was just going, oh my word, these things are just, you know,
0: yeah, enemies that hadn't been a threat for the last five hours are all of a sudden quite handy threats. Um, things- I don't know.
2: You'd you'd just basically be looking out for a save room at that point. But but even then, even then, it did feel like you know I had a, a nice long enough time to to get set in my ways that I felt like my ways were enough to get through the game in the end.
0: Yeah, I, I think the difficulty curve for this is much more satisfying than Symphony because. In Symphony it felt like you got all super powered and you're doing great and then you just steamrolled everything that was left in the game. There was no well good thing you did this because here's a test.
1: One thing I was going to ask is I I find the traversal in this game a little bit boring, not like I I'm thinking of recent metroidvanias that I've played such as Hollow Knight where you come across a dead end. <gasps> oh, sorry. You come across a dead end, and it, <laughs> it's it's quite obvious. Right, I'm gonna have to come back here, but this game seems to have them like points where you you you'll obviously have a new traversal skill, such as double jump. Eventually, you can you can traverse by bouncing off mirrors, um, but it spreads them out all over the place. So. When you do actually get the skill, it's quite difficult to remember where they were, and maybe that's on purpose. But I at some, yeah, I, again, I didn't have a great time with this game. I ended up looking at guides to kind of point me in the right direction where, because I don't really want to go right through every area top to bottom looking for yeah, the next I, point.
0: No, I understand. Yeah, you don't want to get a new ability and then go. All right, let's go through all of the game that we've done up until this point. To find where we can use it. Yeah. that's 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 a problem I think Metroidvania's have. Um, I'll I'll agree with you.
2: You can leave markers on the map. You can, but I ran into that
0: problem where I was like, okay, hey, the barber is here. I'll leave a marker for this. And oh, there's an enemy here that Hmm. I want to farm, I'll leave a marker for this. Oh, I I need the double jump and I was like, Oh, I don't know which marker means what now. I wish they would have given you like you know here's a green marker and a red marker and a blue marker you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I think would have been a little helpful
2: funnily enough, I think the maps are one of the earliest things which started getting changed because I'm sure the, the like the the one point zero one version of the map is slightly different to the one point zero two and then I'm sure that's been changed since to a slightly, oh, slightly I different version so I, I mean one of the one of the really bad things about us doing this show now is that the game probably won't settle until probably like version 1.10 or something like that i'm gonna guess which is probably still a good six months away at this stage yeah and because of the whole development sort of prolonged period it sort of made it a bit of a bit awkward for us but but you can already see changes have already been happening quite quite early with the game and i hope hopefully it's just something that gets ironed out when i come back for a a further playthrough
0: um Well, I'm glad you brought it up, Luke, because it was something I wanted to bring up, uh, especially with you, Mike, having played Symphony. The way it felt to me was, well, Symphony had a huge map. We need to have a huge map also. And there were some areas in this game where it didn't feel like it needed to be as, I don't want to say copy-paste, but like, oh, we just went through a large square room. Guess we'll do another one. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I think that was gonna be my next point as well. Um good good wavelength in there, Dave. I think they um like a Hollow Knights the the most recent example that I can think of, but Boom. I'm sorry Stop but my life. you know,
0: you look <laughs> well, at what, what about Steamworld dig? Just just throw that out there instead. Or
1: a, a Steamworld s- Heist. Or... Similar similar thing though, like you look at the map and you come across an area which is which is clearly like I've I've gone that way and I've not been able to proceed, right? Is that the area I'm going to? But as you say, like SteamWorld Heist, for example, or SteamWorld Dig 2, um, they have each area is like a different feel completely. And even though they do this in this game, it still feels a lot of cut and paste. You're totally right, yeah.
0: And it's weird too, because I, I can understand in, um, in Symphony of the Night... You're doing this because, well, I mean, yeah, it's fantastical, but it all needs to take place within a castle and its grounds. So I understand in something like Mm. Castlevania here, I I don't think they needed to follow that conceit. And so, yeah, I'll agree with you. I I did ding this a little bit in my brain because uh, it feels a little too big and windy when it doesn't really need to.
2: And they do wholesale just grab sections from Symphony of the Night. and so Yeah, they do. This can be your sort of like your catacombs area. This can be your sort of uh, horizontal water section bit, which is... And the horizontal water section bit, I think, is pretty rubbish compared to the original because it's just like... I don't know. I don't know. There's just something something funky about it. I don't like the idea of impassable water section straight away, especially when it involves going underwater and things like that. And, and the thing is... There are some more cryptic things going on here, like you know, using a weird, um, what would you call it? Like directional water pusher oh, thing yeah, to the, move through the water. Why do not they stream. just have? Well, they just have water boots, iron boots, or something like Zelda. There you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's weird using using something you get from an enemy, a shard. You can explore it a little bit. Although, actually, earlier,
2: you do get the water boots, but. It's once you've been underwater quite a few yeah. times. So you're like, huh? "Huh? Why don't you just give me that above above land?" So it could have made it all
0: uh, now now
2: you know make a little bit more sense. It's,
0: sorry, it, I, it, a question popped into my mind that I was going to ask you guys towards the end, but we're talking about it here, so I guess here's as good a spot. Um, I I I really like Igarashi and his design and and the way he makes Castlevania games. I, I really like that; it works great. The question we're bucking up against here is, would it have been as satisfying if it didn't pull as hard from Symphony? Because everybody wanted a new Symphony. Would it have done as well if Igarashi didn't come out and say, hey, we're making a new Symphony, instead of just, hey, I'm making a Metroidvania. Because the things it does with Symphony, the way it kind of copy-paste... Not copy-paste, I'm sorry. That's a little more derogatory than I actually mean. The way that Symphony influences a lot of portions of this game, even in map design, kind of... Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say bugged me, but I noticed them. And I don't like noticing them. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, I mean... W-
2: w- There's odd, odd quirks there. I mean... Let's let's get let's break it down for just a second further, just to say that there's a weird 3D outside castle on one far right side of the map. And there's a there's a train section. There's,
0: yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah, that's
2: true. There's some there's some odd odd bits, just they seem a bit sort of crowbar. I mean you know, I thought they were fairly fun. A little wonky in the platforming maybe on the on the tower.
0: Um but, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I that, that tower that tower is it's along. Maybe think of Strider
2: Was it Strider Two? The um, PlayStation One game.
0: Yeah, that's Strider Two.
2: With the sort of like 3D, 3D and 2D mix sort of going on sort of thing. Now you would have felt like, felt of like the ending
0: of Battletoads where you have that tower and it rotates, but you're not necessarily rotating, you're still running on a two D plane. Mm. Kinda of feels like that. Mm. Uh, but Mike, like like for you would you have been uh happy if this wasn't so symphony inspired i don't
2: know i'm not sure because the you know i think someone who absolutely loves the original i, I saw oh symphony of the night is sort of you know it's quite heartwarming to to have the person who who came about with a lot of that stuff sort of retreading all ground in a way um but you do know as well that at the time Symphony of the Night hit, you like you wanna know what more they can do from this. So it you know, you know, it's it's the whole stay stay with stay with what was a classic or try and evolve it. And <clears throat> I think a lot of people are gonna a lot of people backing it are gonna think they're gonna get more of that classic stuff. Not the um
0: That that's what I was feeling too.
2: Yeah, so it's He'd be brave, and, you know, hopefully he's still got a bit of funds left over to continue. I,
0: I, as mu- yeah, as be, much uh, as I liked this game, I'm very curious to see what he does next. Like, I really hope he does something next. Um, uh, one system that I did not only not engage with, but I actively
1: hated, was the food. Why? Mm. Why is that here? Yeah, it just feels like busy work, doesn't
2: it? I don't know how that was about. Uh, one One extra look. For eating a doner kebab. That's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I get it. it. It's another way of further tweaking your character, because every time you eat a new food, you get inferred what's called a first-time mm. bonus, which means the first times you eat some, you know, onigiri, you will get plus two strength, and that stat becomes permanently adjusted that way. But it just became well, a pain the, in the butt.
2: The irritating thing for him must be that he's built quite a lot of these around what i'd assume would be the modern day trophy system and then to have konami themselves suddenly say you know what yeah let's make a a trophy version of symphony of the night and put that on on the playstation platforms (laughs) he must be sort of kicking himself a bit thinking i just created the you know all of these side quests around around trophies and they've just they've just put pretty alucard's (laughs) alucard's um <laughs> joseph technicolor Dreamcoat as a trophy to bloody piss me off that's kind of yeah, you know. both
0: both of you guys are on fire you're both hitting my talking points here um this isn't as big but is it just me or did it feel like konami was trying to undercut this
1: with the the releases oh well of you the, know netflix
2: has been about an old, it's it's come from everywhere yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah it's it's like um Oh, oh, now you're deciding to release the Castlevania Collection. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm happy you did it and all. It's just, that's suspicious timing.
2: It's so weird, isn't it, that you can get a company like Sega who sort of give their blessings to Shenmue 3 and then put out Shenmue 1 and 2, and then on the other end you've got, you know, warring warring things. You've got, like, you know, Metal Gear, Survive, and the... Death Stranding popping up and stuff like that and
0: I, I don't think uh, crazy. Uh, Well I mean I mean I guess uh, see, There's the end of it Like like we, we don't like to think of video game Businesses as just that businesses But I mean it, it happens in every other Business too it's like oh you're putting out Deep Impact fine we're Putting out Armageddon there how you like That you know it, it, it's that kind of thing Like mm. I mean even Capcom does it with the um, uh, With their Collections when Mighty Number no. 9's Coming out hey hey <laughs> Have some Mega Man, yeah, and then they just kind of sit back and smirk and it's like, yeah, no, that ain't doing enough. Um, it was just kind of weird. Like, I didn't think Igarashi left on um, did anyone un- amicable terms? Did, well, that is a good point. Does no, anybody no, leave Konami on yeah. amicable I, terms?
1: I personally feel like what's happening with Konami is there was a bus- business decision to say, right, the gaming thing isn't working. We've been burnt. We're not. We're making more money with our other ventures. Yeah. However, they've dabbled with it, they're having relative success, I wouldn't be surprised in whatever they're doing with these remasters is going to fund future development, and they're using that as a way of gauging, and maybe it is a coincidence, but there's all these rumours of other games being remade, and maybe development on new games, that maybe Konami are going to turn that around, and we'll finally see some... Some old IPs with, you know, Continue, which will be, I think, pretty good. I,
0: I'm I'm, really, see, I, I kind of got that vibe just a little different. I, I have a feeling that they're turning into SNK, where they're <laughs> just there to mine their past glory, and that's it. It's like, sure, you want a Castlevania collection? We're not going to make a new one. don't don't ever expect us to but you know what you can have a package with all the old ones you want you stupid nostalgic people pay me money (laughs) oh okay that's cool uh that's kind of the vibe i get this is
2: a theoretical idea here but i think that maybe Konami didn't know anything about bloodstained and they thought koji igarashi was still being a janitor (laughs) they didn't uh, notice that he left yet they just thought, let's put another Castlevania in. Well, I don't up. know. This, Although, they, it you know, the other headlines. one did sort of time... I think one of the collection. I mean, I think Castlevania Collection was more against this in the timeline. That's what because I mean. The other one did kind of mix up with the Netflix series.
0: Oh, the, the so Symphony and Rondo? With,
2: in fact... If I remember right, there is even a, a, a side note from the director of the, the Netflix series in the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, if you look into the extras there.
0: Yeah, that... It, uh,
2: so that's an odd one.
0: It's, anyway, I'm sorry, moving on. I'm sorry to hmm. send us down that rabbit yeah. trail, I just found it kind of funny. Um, in terms <laughs> of other systems... There's not really much. Like, there's kind of what you would expect at this point in a Metroidvania. Uh, there are side quests. There are both kill quests, and then there are crafting quests. And for some reason, there's a farm that you can use, which, again, yeah. was like, okay, that's, that's <laughs> weird.
2: I used it all the time. <laughs> it was hard. It was very uh, hard.
0: I, I, I like the way they slipped in Castlevania references into those kill quests of, like, uh, revenge for the murder of Sifa, revenge for the murder of Trevor, and... You know, mm, Richter, mm. and I'm like, ah, that's that's a nice little way to throw that in. Um,
2: yeah. I think one point we really need to mention here is those bloody portraits. What is everyone's opinions on the bloody portraits? Right, um,
1: those are funded, like portraits, as in.
2: Yeah, yeah, there are all people who funded it, it's either that, and and like people's animals appeared as yep, the the, as the dog heads, the cats, all sorts of things I, like that.
1: I find that really uh, annoying. That, I think
2: that music box room isn't. I don't know. There's all sorts of weird little things just connected yeah, to the, being a Kickstarter project. Yeah, all the
0: bonus uh, messages. Yes. And once you finish the game, you unlock oh, sound test, yeah, yeah. and there's a bunch of bonus messages. Um, Alright, so the portraits, right? Let's take the portraits. Most of them, I think, are okay. There's a few where it's like, you, sir, do not fit in with this kind of aesthetic here. <laughs> and it looks like after a while they just went, oh, oh fuck it. Just, just throw them anywhere. I, I don't care. It, <laughs> and and did that it just
1: reeked of that patron thing that's going on at the moment on podcasts and the, the executive producers on this support episode support our patreon yeah Are they mm. they paid 45 no i meant i meant you should support our patreon <laughs> oh, it, <fucking laughs> no, fuck if,
0: up. if you can make it for us and then support it that would be even better <laughs> oh
2: but it it, it i don't, for me personally I, I found it very cringeworthy i initially i was sort of going you know yeah i could have been one of these people i thought oh i could have been put well not that fucking amount of money but you know <laughs> um i was just like i was thinking oh these and i was thinking why do i keep seeing these these faces i don't want to see these faces i'm gonna play
0: these chubby neckbeards everywhere it's really
2: weird as well because it's like I don't know. I I think of it as a, like a Japanese game series and then seeing all these pasty Americans just popping up <laughs> all <over> the
0: <laughs> hey, place We now. there could have been some pasty Brits <laughs> in there. All right, don't don't you blame this on us. Um oh, see I'm a little my. different. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I I find it as kind of a nice little Oh, that's cool. You know because that that's something most people will never ever be able to do is I'm I'm in that video game. I'm an enemy in this video game. That's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if they were all Kickstarter backers. Some of them could have been developers. I don't know. I didn't see a portrait of Iga, so not sure. There
2: is, is there? Is there? Are, funnily enough, there is one hidden away. If you've seen this, one of the secret bits. Oh, but okay, cool. It's not technically a spoiler, but there is like a, a retro theme bit somewhere. So I, I don't I know if it. they're
0: all Kickstarter backers, but it, it didn't really bother me. The the pets thing actually bothered me a little more because that really does not fit in. I mean, let's be fair. Whoever owned this castle could have just had terrible taste in art. I'm open to that. The pets thing is weird. Like, the first time I saw those big cats, I was like, oh. Oh, that's got to be a Kickstarter thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't necessarily think that, but I thought, if this was Symphony of the Night, there would be a little bit more dignity and respect given to what the hell is going on on the screen here.
1: Um.
0: <laughs> so so, it, it definitely bothers you guys then?
1: A little. For, for yeah. someone who doesn't really, hasn't followed the whole Kickstarter thing and maybe wasn't aware of the stretch goals and doesn't have the context of the original game, it made absolutely no sense at all. And it was
0: it, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah.
1: It was really distracting as well, as you say, because it doesn't match any of the other design choices. Like it doesn't match any of the enemies. It doesn't match it doesn't match like the theme of the castle. Yeah, I I, I personally don't like that sort of stuff in gaming. I uh, I do like I do like the album Master
2: of Puppets. I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a Metallica fan, but there was a very <laughs> underlying theme that a lot of these were hardcore Metallica fans p- potentially.
0: Um, or, uh, I mean, Master Puppets is okay. Fans. It's no yeah. Black Album, but it's okay. Um oh Alright, so uh in terms of the Kill Quest and the Crafting Quest, did you guys do any of that nonsense, or did you kind of ignore it? I
2: tried. I tried, tried as much as I could. I made all the pizzas. Uh, uh. I made a lot of rice <laughs> balls. Yeah, yeah I... Oh, yeah. There's a, uh, what was the case of that? There was a one single lady who just wanted specific items made for it, and they're the hardest things to find on the planet.
0: Oh, the, the old lady that wants right. this certain food and gives you, like, cryptic clues about it?
2: And then there's another one who's right next to the farmyard who who does the same thing. Oh,
0: oh, oh, the, the lady who it. wants um the armor and stuff. Like, you know, here's an item to bury with this person.
2: Yeah. That was really odd. I, I I literally went through half the game thinking I still don't know really what she wants because there's also a bit of a disconnect in that you need to go through back unless you read what they say exactly the first time around You need to go back through all the logs to find out exactly what they want to get. Is that or match so just, that picture? Just a couple of the yeah. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Generally, what would
0: happen was it's you know weird. I would I would turn one in and then they would give me the next one and I would just go look through my crafting list of oh can I make this yet? Mm. All in all, I, I would say oh, the enough. crafting system I I think kinda didn't need to be there. I mean, you could have mm. just had a, the shop, but that's like Symphony. So again, double edged sword. At least they tried something new. I like that, but at the same time, what they tried wasn't exactly the greatest. Um, the only I
2: thought the library thing was okay. That's
0: what I was gonna say. The only the only one that I think yeah. they added to that worked really well was the library. But that may just be because we love the Alucard voice, Mike.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> true, true. Uh, I did find it quite cool, sort of going, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll trade this up for one, which is a bit more of a powerful version of multiple skills and things like that." And it's a nice little way to just inject something in, which also had the you know the chance that you're only going to be able to rent a certain amount of books at a time, so you need to set you know what you want to be micromanaging for your skills and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I would've liked it if you could have just killed him and stole all his books, but oh,
0: come on. I
2: didn't get to a hundred percent status of the game. Why why would you, so why I would you want to kill Alucard? That's what.
0: not cool, man. <laughs> He's a deep voiced man and he loves you. Uh other than that, there aren't I can't think of any other what I would classify as new systems. They-
2: I like the whole. Um, well, it, it's underused, but there's there's quite a few little things like zipping through, like laser line sort of mm, puzzles, things like that.
0: Oh, 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 yeah, you, the reflect, yeah, reflector ray stuff. Yeah, I
2: I thought that that might have been a bit better used. I don't know. It felt a bit a bit sort of it was very stop starting with the engine in a way. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, did you did you use that to? To win the foot race, Mike.
2: I'd never won the foot race. I meant to go back to it. I left a marker, <laughs> but I didn't go back to do it.
0: <laughs> the reflector ray is the key to winning the foot race. Well, um, here's a question. Which familiar did you guys use? I do like that, though. The way the, the familiar system levels up now. Yeah. And they they learn new moves, plus they become it seems like their AI becomes more effective the higher level they get. Uh, which ones did you guys rock?
2: Hmm. I was rocky. Was it a little guy with a spear? Was that the...
0: The Silver
1: Knight? Was that yeah, the that's the one I used as well. The Silver I Knight. I
2: think it was, yeah.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: <laughs> I
2: I really wanted to use the one that could heal, but it, it was becoming too expensive to be buying oh, the fairy for, for her all, all the time. Yeah. And she wasn't very reliable. She'd just, she'd just wait about and see me get killed instead of give me any healing. And, and, she... and then it'd all run out at random points. And I'd go, oh. It was like... Basically playing Resident Evil Five solo again.
0: Hey, don't don't you disparage Resident Evil Five, sir? <laughs> um, there are there are little nods and uh, references that I don't want to give away here, but um, I will just say the piano song was good. The one with mm-hmm. lyrics was terrible. Did you guys Ooh. stumble across that?
1: I found a piano. I played it for a bit. And like, what the fuck is this? And just moved on. <laughs>
0: Oh, you are the worst. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I actually enjoyed
2: it. And then, uh, and then I read all the chat logs from Dave saying, ooh, ooh, familiar, piano, ooh, familiar, piano. <laughs> and then an alarm went off in my head and I pieced together what he was trying to say. And then I did, I did check out this. I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't. Uh,
0: it was, uh, I thought it, it was a bit of an odd voice. Of, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't win Eurovision anytime soon. Let's put it that way.
2: But what does win Eurovision? That's the question.
0: Not that. I don't know. I've never seen a Eurovision, Mike.
2: <laughs> oh, good. Good. Well, then you don't know. Oh, doesn't matter.
0: Um. Okay. Don't, so, don't again, I'm sorry. This is one episode and we're starting to get a little long. So what do you say we wrap it up? Or is there anything else you guys want to talk about?
1: Uh, no, I'm happy to wrap up with you. Uh...
0: Okay. Mike? Sorry. How about
2: Lou? Th- the music. I think the music's something that could be could be talked about just briefly if that's all right.
0: Sure, sure. Knock yourself out, man. Bring it up.
2: I, I think it's I think it's really good, but I think it's one of those will it stand the test of time things, because you know, it's it's competition is stellar in this in this approach. So I think they've got the right person on board. I think they've they've put enough love into it. At the same time, you know, the the song can stick into my head right now if I, if I want to, but it's sort of like, I don't know if it'll pass the test of time because, you know, I do intend on playing this, um, playing this again in the future, but, um, you know, I really hope the the soundtrack stands as strong as it, at the moment. I think it, I think it potentially does.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I'll find out. Give this another 11 years of sticking around and maybe I'll, I'll feel the same way. Mm. Um, I mean I knew I wasn't going to hear bloody tears or vampire killer which makes me a little sad nah. but I thought the music was perfectly fine and acceptable I think it worked well um again I mean I, I there's that there's that split dichotomy there uh I kind of wanted another library track or an underground catacombs track but at the same time I'd like I'd like new stuff so I'm going to pop this on my MP3 player and play it every once in a while and see if it sticks with me the same way Symphony of the Night does.
1: I, hmm. I'm, on the audio design. This is another thing that really bugged me is the um, when your character attacked, she would make like a grunting noise, and it was very distracting. Um, especially that is Symphony. Yeah, I well again don't have the context of it, but I ended up turning the volume yeah. down after a little while. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's wrong with listening to ha, 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 ha? I mean, if it
0: works for Zelda, I mean, it can work for Miriam here. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, let's let's put it into context here and just remember that Lexia Kane Blood Omen had him running around saying something that sounded like "Vale yeah. Victor" every time he spun his sword around.
1: <laughs> so I don't, I don't it's think it's you had the same as of combat as, as you have in this, though. I mean. You know, some screens you'd probably press sure. in the punch button like 30, 40 times. And
0: I also think that 90 out of 100 people are going to go, What's Blood Omen? Yeah. Boy, that was from left
1: field there, <laughs> Mikey Boy. It's a good Maybe at the, was. At the time,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing it for the show. No. <laughs> no. Um. Okay, so. Uh, I guess to start us wrapping up, uh, Craig did not show up. He's a dirty, filthy liar. Uh, So I will read what Craig wrote to me to read. All right. Uh, Under his general, he said, first impressions were good on the gamepad, bad on graphics and control. Switch port is ugly and has input lag, handheld better but not fixed instantly feels like a Symphony of the Night experience. He said the PC version was way better. He said the first boss was a great one, and the opposite of Castlevania 4, where he hated the first boss, so uh, good for him, I guess. He said the story, couldn't follow it with a big stick, didn't care, ha-ha. <laughs> I'm letting you a bit behind the curtain here. He said the uh, His dislikes mainly was the port because it's a new Symphony of the Night. It felt a bit odd in places, which is a weird feeling for a new game, if you get me. And his final thoughts are a successful, spiritual, successful... Wow, Craig, that's a terrible sentence to say out loud. (laughs) A successful, spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night. Enjoyed time with it. Switch port nearly ruined everything, though, and it's a shame a good game has been marred by such shitty porting. And then he goes on to say that he really liked the boss on the tower, the two-headed dog thing.
1: That was almost the point where I quit, because, like, the frame rate was so, so bad that it was... Oh, I can imagine it, it was, tanking on that. Yeah, it was basically a slideshow. It was so bad. Hmm. Um... I guess I'll go next. Well, well hold on. Sorry. It's got a little bit more. Oh. It's got a little bit For more. For fuck's sake, Craig. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. He's talkative even in text. It said, It's a bit like a perfectly reimagined film. It's amazing, great, and as good as the original. But the original has that extra spark from actually just being the original. And I really did enjoy it. Is he done? Also, <laughs> you don't know if that's what Craig said or not. Oh. So... I, he, he could just have absolutely hated it, but I don't care. I decide Craig's likes it. So, yeah, uh, Luke, why don't you knock us with some final thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy my time with this game, mostly because of the port. I, I, I would not recommend picking it up based on playing it on the Switch. Uh, I've got no appetite to play it again, even on the PlayStation 4. I think I was maybe seven or eight hours, and I kind of feel like I don't want to put my time into that again. As we've discussed in the past, I've got a huge problem with game developers not releasing great products and it takes a lot for me to come back from that. So, um, Added on the top, I don't have the context of the original. This game just felt like a, a muddied mess. Um, I didn't really understand the story. The side stuff felt bolted on and perhaps not even explained very well. And I'm sure there's a good game in there you know everybody else is raving around it but I just couldn't couldn't engage with it at all which is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to it and I want to experience a good Castlevania game I I really liked the previous Bloodstained game Uh, the other ones that I've played have been a lot more enjoyable than this and that anime series man that that really had me hyped (laughs) That, that was a cool thing so
0: you should go play Castlevania Three. That's what it's based on. It's good times. I, I
1: should, yeah. I probably should. Um, but yeah. So but you won't because it's old. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry guys. I'm just not feeling it at all.
0: No, it's perfectly fine, man. Um, one thing I did want to ask you was, uh, what's a nice way to put this? Um, okay, so <laughs> you, 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 I don't mean nice as into you. I meant nice as into the game. Um you do not have any affinity for older games at all. It's just, you like to stay modern. It's perfectly fine. Did it feel, did it feeling like an older game kind of bug you a little bit? Or because you didn't play Symphony, did it not?
1: It's hard to say. Um, I mean, it definitely plays like an older game. It feels like an older game. I'm not, not annoyed by that, but learning the rules of it were a little bit, little bit weird i'm every game at the moment or of recent time seems to follow that dark souls where you get an evade that has like a second where you're you're completely invulnerable and i went into it thinking oh this is gonna be like that and it, it's not like <laughs> um,
0: no it's very much just make sure you're not there
1: yeah i mean it is it, it's, it's cool but again i'd rather have played hollow knight and i i there was times through this i'm just like yeah i i, I, I kind of itching to go back and play some hollow Knight now.
0: that's perfectly fine if you want to be a terrible person you go <laughs> ahead and be it but don't say i didn't warn you luke <laughs> um mike
2: right so we've we've been talking about this game for quite a while and i think what's not come through is that i really do enjoy it um It's just such a, it's such an undertaking, isn't it? Thinking that someone tried to make a game to beat what is historically in so many people's possibly top 10, top 20 list of games of all time. And it's like, you know, the balls of doing that is absolutely, that, well, they're a hu- a huge, they're humongous. You
0: heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Koji Igarashi has ginormous yeah. walnuts.
2: Mm. mmm. No, no, it's just it's just amazing that it seemed light of day. Uh I think I think playing it, I think it's something I need to go back to because I'm still not absolutely convinced that I've got the right thoughts on the game. I think it's I think it is set to be a classic, but at the same time I'm sort of thinking maybe we just need to wait for a few more patches to see how it pans out. Um, you know, things, things can change and I don't expect too many dramatic changes from here, but there are, there are hints of, you know, hints of that same sort of black magic that made, made simply the Night what it was. Um, I think there's a few too many missteps here for me to really say it's, say it's the best, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, as it stands today. I'm going to say I really enjoyed it and and I did play this pretty much back to back for about five or six days straight. Pretty much every second I had I'd jump into it and I'd be be absolutely loving it just doing anything in the game. It felt like, as you said, it can get harder later on but at the same time it felt like I was always learning. I was always, you know, picking up something new. Now I wasn't learning enough because obviously you've just told me that I've missed 90% of the weapons in the game but (laughs) that's something that can be rectified on future playthroughs. So, this game has done enough to warrant further playthroughs when I will finally decide what my real opinion on it is. But as it stands, I'm going to say it's the sort of game I'd give an eight out of 10, uh, but a good eight out of 10. If that makes sense.
0: All right. I, I can accept that. Uh, personally, so I, I've been the way people talk about another Konami alumna is, uh, Kind of the way I feel about Igarashi. I've always liked his games. I always thought the way he reinvented Castlevania was brilliant. Sure, he may have swiped a few bits and pieces from Super Metroid, but that game's not as good as Symphony anyway. So I was very happy to see him strike out on his own and come back because I've always liked this guy. You know, that Kickstarter video kind of helped me like him a little more because it seems like he's game for anything. But... I I went into this game with really high expectations and really high hopes. Um and I think for the most part it didn't let me down. Um my gut reaction right now is to say I think it's better than Symphony of the Night because Sym Symphony of the Night is broken. It it always has been broken and it always will be broken because it's stuck in time. There there's so many parts of that game that are like why is this here? And, oh, oh, this is way too easy. You know, you can break it so easy it's it's not even funny. You can even do it accidentally in Symphony of the Night. Like, you happen to get a Chrysogram, you, you've just broken the game. So, I don't think that Symphony stands up to this very well. This feels much more designed. It actually has a difficulty curve. There are some things that are, like Luke said, bolted on. They They, they feel like they're a modern concession to games as opposed to this is what we originally thought that may not be true, but that's what it feels like. So when I feel like playing a Egovania game, I'm not going to go back to symphony. I'm not going to go back to dawn of sorrow or any of those handheld ones. I I will go back to bloodstained. So for me right now, this is the top that Ego can do. And I'm very curious to see where he goes after this. And I'll probably kickstart anything he does after this, just because I really liked this game that much. That being said, there are weak points. And the Switch is a giant pustule (laughs) on the side of this game, right? Like, uh, you can't ignore it. It's just awful and terrible. And I've watched videos of it, and it's like, I I wouldn't want to play that way. I would hate this game if I had to play that way. Again, you shouldn't have bought it on the Switch, you dumb-dumb. But
1: I borrowed it. It's there. <laughs> the <switch.
0: laughs> well, no, I didn't mean you. I meant Craig specifically. <laughs> but you can't ignore it. I also can't ignore, you know, just some weird things. Like some bosses, they kind of land like wet farts. It, 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 there's, there's some things that can be fixed here. There's room for improvement, and that's kind of a good thing. It gives them a base plan to work off of. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this game. I really enjoy it, and I i don't want to say it was worth the wait, but I'm glad it happened. I'm really glad it happened. Uh, won't end up on a game of the year list for me, but it was a very high point for me. So, um, I guess the last question before we put a stake in it, huh uh, uh, Is, uh, what was your favorite boss, guys?
1: I thought the first encounter of Zanga 2 was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, the... The big lady <laughs> yes the big lady, the official boss name for the first boss in bloodstained
2: I'll probably have to fall back on the on the two dragons on the side of the building I thought that was quite quite okay. cool iconic, pretty representative of the game, yeah yeah um I, I found a lot of the enemies a lot of the bosses really really uh you know just easy you could you could crush them, you could crush them before you even knew what their attack patterns were. Um, apart from some of the later ones but yeah, that one stood out even though it was not too bad either to be honest.
0: Yeah, Zangetsu and the traitor were the only two that were like, oh, like the second time you fight Zangetsu and then, you know, the person who betrays you. Those those were, wow, okay, I really need to pay attention to this fight. I really yeah. liked the last boss. I've yeah. never fought a boss fight that does that and it was really... What comes
2: out of the screen and and sticks its face in your face.
0: No, <laughs> the one that spins. It's constantly spinning. Oh, and- oh
2: no, but be- before that, it does initially have its oh, face Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Right? It, it's it's like, a, I hope it's, you're wearing 3D really glasses.
0: Worked. Rawr. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never fought a boss fight where you're having to constantly be moving like that in a 2D way. And it was very interesting. I thought, it was, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I think that went to my best boss fight. Anyway. All right. So next up, we have... For our next big game, another game where we are going to be split. Now I don't know if it's gonna be a three versus one again or maybe a two-on-two two split, but our next big game is Nino Kuni 2. So if you would like to play along with us, you should probably have started a couple days ago. <laughs> uh, if you have any thoughts on Nino Kuni 2, like how it stacks up to the first one or any of that, you can hit us up on thebitaffect.com where we have a form that you can just submit and it makes it easy. Or you can email us at the Bit Effect, or you can take a picture of your thoughts on a postcard and send it on Instagram or well, what has you. Other than that, um, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Say good night, gentlemen. Good night, gentlemen.
2: Good night.